0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a series entitled, He Still Moves Stones, that's diving into the miracles of Jesus found in the book of John. God did miracles then, and he still does them now. Here's Dr. Kelly with this week's podcast. How you doing, Easter people? You guys doing good? You ready for the word of God today? Hey, if you're wondering, yes, my voice is still jacked up. It has not recovered from all the services last weekend. And so here's what I need. I need God to move some stones with my sickness. Amen. Amen. And then I need God to bring forth a major rainstorm and wash all of this stinking pollen away. Are you with me? I mean, come on, man. The place is yellow. Hey, I got news for you. I got news for you. Um, He ain't there. If <laughs> you were here last week, you know I told you about a an artist that I saw was drawing some graffiti on a bridge in Columbia, South Carolina, and he wrote out to the side of it, "He ain't there." And then I couldn't believe how many of you tweeted that. And I pointed out last week it's not good grammar, but it is good theology. Amen. Amen. We are Easter people, and we are here to continue to celebrate the resurrection. Of Jesus Christ. If you are a guest at any of our campus locations, welcome, welcome, welcome. Take out your teaching notes, grab that pen, no time to play. Let's go get this. So, we're in a seven part series where we're gonna be looking at the miracles of Jesus. If you turn the teaching notes over, you'll see a place where you can take some notes along uh, with me on the back of your worship sheets. So, what I wanna ask you to do is I wanna ask you to go ahead and start reading ahead the miracles. So we're in the Gospel of John the entire series. We're going to be looking at John 2, John 4, John 5, John 6, John 9, and John 11. John 2, John 4, 5, 6, 7, 5, 6... 9 and 11. Going to be looking at different miracles. I encourage you to go ahead and read those chapters in advance of this series. And then just make a commitment that you're not going to miss a single Sunday of this series. Who's excited about seeing God perform more miracles in your life and in the life of this church? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. But here's what I want to say on the very, very beginning. So, in John's gospel, we see these miracles... Now, FYI, the miracles that we are studying in this series are unique to John. I don't know if you've ever studied the Gospels and kind of looked at the differences between them. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the Synoptic Gospels. They're called the what? Synoptic Gospels. Very similar, laid out in the same way. The Gospel of John is laid out very differently. And we're studying seven unique, well six, because Easter's in all of them. That was last week. Six unique miracles that are contained in the gospel of john in the gospel of john miracles write this word down miracles are signs they're signs so the johannine gospel the, the gospel of john is broken up into these six key defining signs And the signs are benchmarks, if you will, in the gospel that enable the writer of John to move on to the next subject matter that he's trying to teach us. Now, this is very, very important. The signs and the miracles in the gospel of John are all performed to give glory to Jesus. Everybody say glory. Everybody say glory. Everybody say, glory. glory. I just turned you into a great preacher. Glory. Uh, the, <laughs> the signs, the miracles are to give glory. The miracles are not performed for the sake of the miracle. The miracles are not performed for the sake of you. Oh, get that. Get that, get that, get that. The miracles are unleashed by God as signs to do what? Give glory to Jesus. Oh, you're with me today. You're with me. And then at the end today, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what I just mentioned on the video. B-P-R. B-P-R. Believe, participate, and recognize. So here we go. We're we're in John chapter 2. Hopefully you got your Bibles or your phones or your tablets open to there. In John chapter 2, I've been to a lot of weddings in my life. I do a lot of weddings. In John chapter 2, I don't know if the wedding coordinator ordered too little wine or if the people at the wedding hello drank too much but what I do know is a mini crisis happened in John chapter 2 and for some of you it might not seem like that big of a deal for others of you who like wine this is a big deal They run out of wine. Now, see, I think it's fascinating that in John's gospel, Jesus didn't start with a life-saving miracle. He didn't start with some unbelievable meteorological miracle where he calmed the oceans or calmed the storm or walked on water. Jesus performed a miracle in the gospel of John that was just about everyday kind of stuff. As Mark Batterson said in a book that I recently read, Grave Robber, Jesus was was saving face. Because you can rest assured that the wedding coordinator, when she went to the bride and the groom and told them that they had run out of wine, it was a big deal. Now, you think we know how to throw weddings in the Western world. Let me tell you about weddings in first century Palestine. They had the ceremony and then they had what was called a wedding feast or a wedding party and it would sometimes go on for an entire week. So they run out of wine, they come to Jesus and Jesus does the impossible. Now what's interesting about Jesus, if you know your Bibles, Jesus in, when he was about 12 years old, Jesus was found in the temple mesmerizing the religious leaders and teaching them with unbelievable truth. But here's what's interesting. In the narrative of the Gospels, Jesus kind of goes off the grid from age 12 to about the age of 30. He goes off the grid. And it is here in John chapter 2 that Jesus steps back on the scene and performs this very first miracle. And it is spectacular. If you're taking notes, write this down. Here's the first thing that you cannot miss from this miracle. If it is a big deal to you, it is a big deal to God. Hello. Why not you say that with me? Ready? If it is a big deal to you, it is a big deal to God. Now I want you to do something. I want you to replace the word you with me. Ready? Go. If it is a big deal to it is a big deal have you ever Have you ever felt like you wanted to pray for something, but it seemed like the more you thought about it, the more you thought, this is too petty for God. You ever felt like you had a deep desire to pray for something, and the more you thought about it, you kind of thought, you know what, God's too busy. God's God's trying to save the world's problems. Why would God worry about this little situation that I am up against? Let us remember that the Jesus that performed this miracle in the Gospel of John was the same Jesus That said this, come on, all of our campuses, let's read together, ready, go. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, and is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, here it is, you of what? Jesus says, listen, I clothe the flowers of the field. I am sovereign. I am omnipotent. I am the God over the universe. And yet I care for things as insignificant as flowers in a field. And I care deeply for you. When I was, um, when we first had our, our child, Anna Grace, we were, we were new parents. We were still green. And, um, we, 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 we realized that, um, we made some mistakes along the way. And one of the mistakes that we made along the way was we let our daughter, and some of you are going to relate this because you've done this with your kids. We let our daughter get addicted. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Lammy. This is Lammy. This is the original Lammy. I have kept Lammy. Lammy is, well, worn and torn. Anna Grace, my daughter, loved Lammy. And when she loved Lammy the most is when she went to sleep. And what my daughter would do with Lammy, I, I know it, gets, it might sound a little, I don't know, disgusting, but I think it's kind of sweet. She would take Lammy. <laughs> and, and then she, after she did that with that piece for about five minutes, and then she'd go, Now, my sweet daughter, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding this. My sweet daughter got so addicted to Lammy that she could not sleep without Lammy. How many parents have had something like this happen with you and your kid? Absolutely, a lot of them. So here's the deal. We went down to Tallahassee, Florida one time to visit my in-laws. And we were smart parents. We took Lammy. And Lammy was on the ride there. And Anna Grace slept with Lammy in the car. Lammy slept, Anna Grace slept with Lammy in, in Florida, in Tallahassee, but the day came for us to leave, and we jumped in the car, and we headed down 95, and Anna Grace was just fine, she was in the back car seat, just singing and playing, reading, but she was a great, great baby, great baby. We got to about the North Carolina, South Carolina border, I'm talking south of the border. <laughs> oh, God bless, south of the border, <laughs> If you ever wondered what they're doing there, don't ask. It's kind of crazy. There's a reason why they can have billboards for 18,000 miles before you get there and after you get there. Anyway, um, I, I digress. We get to the North Carolina-South Carolina border, and Anna Grace is now ready to go to sleep. And she says from the back seat, "Lammy, Lammy, Dada, Lambie. we start looking around for Lammy. Well... Lammy was sleeping in Tallahassee, Florida. And I looked and I tried to put it off as long as I could, but about the time we got to Raleigh, Anna Grace was in a full throttle terrorist scream. <laughs> Lammy! I'm talking, guys, if, you, if you've ever had a child addicted to somebody else, you know what I'm saying. I'm talking like she was crying so bad. I mean, tears were just rolling down her face. Her face was beak red. She was sweating. She could not imagine going to sleep without Lammy. Now, here's what I want to let you know. As a dad, I would have done anything for Lammy. I mean, we thought about turning the car around. Seriously. And driving. Oh, you think this is insignificant? Some of you folks haven't had kids yet. Oh, you will see. (laughs) We literally thought about turning the car around and driving all the way back to Tallahassee, Florida. Listen, I would have booked an airplane, a commercial airplane. (laughs) And I would have flown to Tallahassee and back to get my daughter, Lammy. I didn't do either of those because I'm smart and I figured out that I could use Federal Express. And have Lammy back at the house in the time it would have taken to drive to Tallahassee and back. So, yes, I did pay a hundred and some odd dollars to get Lammy. <laughs> to get Lammy. That night, by the way, that night, the girl didn't sleep a wink. Now, here's my point. And you already know what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying. If I would do that for my daughter, And you would do that for your child. We need to understand that if it is big to us, if it is important to us, it is important to God. And God is the perfect heavenly father. You are his child. He loves you. He wants to bless you. But the rest of this message is going to help us understand how we tap into that. But the point is still this. Don't miss this first point. If it is a big deal to you, it is what? Is a big deal to God. Everybody say, bye bye, Lammy. Bye-bye. I'm gonna throw Lammy in the tomb. No man, that's that's sacred space right there. That's a tomb, man. What you talking about? Come on. Hey, here we go. Here we go. Number two, number two, write this down. Write this down. Oh my throat, my voice, pray for me. Number two. The miracles of God are often time delayed hello and require patience write it down oh my word oh my word the miracles of god are often what time delayed and require what church patience now come on let's just keep it real here for a moment does that sound like good news to anybody up in here no why because we are some of the most impatient people on the planet I mean, you've heard me say this before. In our culture, come on, have you ever thought about this? We are a culture that microwaves Minute made rice. (laughs) Think about it. Come on. How many, like, you want your stuff and you want it when? Now. The miracles of God do not work like that. The miracles of God are often what? Time delayed and require what? Patience you got to understand this. You know from the story, right? They run out of wine. Jesus tells the the, the master of the banquet, if you will, the wedding coordinator, what to do. They do it. And and look what happens. Look what happens. Then he called the bridegroom and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first. And the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. Okay? Read it. Good job, church. But what? You have saved. Yes. See, often it's the miracles of God that you so desperately want and I so desperately want. Often what we don't understand is that God is sovereign. God stands outside of time. God is from infinity past to present to infinity future. God is God. He stands above and beyond the universe. He is sovereign. He has a different timetable than you and I have. We have to understand this. And here's what I, here's what I really need you to know. This comes down to very much the anointing of God. Yes. Write that word down. This is key. I want to talk to you for a moment about the anointing. Listen in. We're going to go kind of deeper into the text here today. The key to this kind of miracle is anointing. It's what? Now, what is anointing? Maybe you've never been taught what anointing is. Anointing is a mysterious, intangible that is difficult to define. But when you tap into the anointing of God, that is when God's super is combined with your natural And what you have is the supernatural anointing of God. And when you have the supernatural anointing of God, you have the miracles of God. Now stick with me. Anointing brings forth ingenious ideas that didn't originate in the cerebral cortex. Anointing brings forth providential timing that results in supernatural synchronicities. Anointing brings forth divine favor that defies human explanation. And the net result of that is that your natural life starts to be enveloped into the supernatural life of God. Am I talking to anyone up in here today? I'm talking about the anointing of God. Listen to me, church. This is very, very key. The anointing of God will not fall on you until, number one, God decides that you are ready for the anointing. And the anointing of God will not fall on you until you are a candidate for the anointing of God. A candidate for the anointing of God. Listen to me. Let me just keep going a little deeper. God might want you to pray through your business plan. Or game plan or marketing plan before he touches your natural with his super and the result is a supernatural business. God might want you to fast before that performance or meeting or exam before he puts his super with your natural and you have a supernatural life. God might want to use you in your weakness And in your weakness, give you his super to be joined with your natural, and you experience supernatural healing. But listen, listen, listen. That will come when you understand that glory is the end result of the miracles of God. That will happen. When you understand that the very, using an old Greek word here, the, old, the ultimate telos, 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 you've heard it. The ultimate telos of your life. The ultimate purpose of your life is not to give you glory. Come on. Yeah. come on. Let's just be honest. Most of us need to come to terms with the fact that when we are at our worst, we are living for our own glory. We are a bunch of narcissistic, glory-hungry people. Am I right or am I wrong? And until you come to terms with that, until I come to terms with that, and make a conscious decision to die to self, hello, to take self off of the throne of your life and put Jesus on the throne of your life, until you decide to do that, listen to me, You are not a good candidate for the anointing and the miracle works of God. I did not say you wouldn't experience the anointing and the miracle works of God. Who am I to say that? That's God. God can give his supernatural anointing and healing and miracles to anybody he wants. And sometimes he gives it to people who is not, who are, they are not really in the the, the, the position to receive it. But hear me out. In the Bible and nine times out of ten in my life, I've seen it to be true. I don't get the anointing. I don't get the miracles of God until I'm living ultimately for his glory. You got to understand this if you want the glory. Bottom line is this. You have to seek the glory of God and not the miracles of God. Oh, my Lord. See, some of you, if you're not careful, you're going to start seeking the miracles of God. Don't seek the miracles of God. Please, everybody, write that down. If you're a note taker, write that down. If you're not a note taker, write that down. And and, and square it, star it, do whatever you got to do. Don't seek the miracles of God. Seek the glory of God. And the miracles will find you. See, you watch a lot of TV and you listen to a lot of people, you get some poor theology when you start talking about miracles because they're mysterious and, and you, you see narcissistic people trying to talk about it and you see narcissistic people trying to experience the miracles so that they can be put up on a pedestal. No, 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 no. Seek God and you will experience the miracles of God. But here's the bottom line. Like a fine wine, like a fine wine, maybe God is waiting on you to ferment your faith. Before he pops the cork to your miracles. Let me say that again. Like a fine wine. Maybe God is waiting on your faith to ferment Before he pops the cork of the miracles that he wants to unleash in your life. You've got to have patience. The miracles are time delayed, like a fine wine. Maybe it is going to take you some time to get into God before He pops the cork and gets into you and anoints you with the miracles of God. Amen. It's key. Doesn't go in line with what we want, doesn't go in line with our timetable. But don't miss this. Everyone wants to experience, everyone wants to experience a miracle. But very few people want to live in such a way that their very life warrants the miraculous anointing of God. Everyone here, everybody here wants to experience a miracle of God. Can we just acknowledge that? Yes, we do. But very few people, oh my, want to live life in such a way that their life necessitates, warrants the miracles of God. Can I get an amen? You're going to pray for me today? I don't know. I don't think my voice is going to make it. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the third thing. The miracles of God are often experienced. I love this one. It's this the last point and then we're done. The miracles of God are often experienced after we follow the little nudges. Oh, my word. The miracles of God are often experienced after we follow the little nudges. You guys know what I mean when I say little nudges? Yeah. For those of you who walk with God for a while, you know exactly what I mean. Yeah. For those of you who are new to following God, you will start to feel little nudges. You will have one of two choices. You will either conclude, oh, that's the pizza I ate last night. <laughs> or that is the Holy Spirit of God. And you will have to mature in such a way that you know the difference. And here's what's cool. It just came to me in this thought. In the Gospel of John, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. So as you grow and you spend time in the Word of God, you learn what? The voice of God. And what you have to do is you have to learn to follow the little nudges. And the problem is many of us don't follow the nudges of God. We feel the nudges and what do we do? We stiff arm them. We feel God calling us to go over there and say something to that person and we don't do it because we have something to do. We feel God calling us to stop and make that phone call. We don't make that phone call. Why? Because dinner has to be prepared or we have to get to work. And when we do that, what I'm trying to point out to you is that God is offering us these little nudges along the way so that He can get the what? Glory. He's offering us these little nudges along the way. And it is only those who follow the nudges of God that often experience the miracles of God. Let me put it back into the context of this passage. Why did this miracle happen? Okay, you know the story, right? Right? They come to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, we're out of wine. Who does that? Mary. What does Jesus say? Woman? <laughs> and ever since then, men have been saying, woman? Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> come on, you know it's true. But why Why does Jesus do the miracle? Because you get a sense, this is key, you get a sense that Jesus is not ready to perform the miracle. I mean, go back and study the text. Woman? I mean, you've got to read between the lines here. And I'm telling you, when you study the Greek, it's really clear. Jesus, Jesus wasn't really ready to come out with the miracles. You know why? Jesus knew the moment he performed this first miracle, follow me here, the countdown to the crucifixion was on the way. He knew what was coming. They didn't kill him. He laid down his life. And he knew that when he did this, it was on now check this out. Who followed the nudge? Mary, Mary, Mary followed the nudge and went to Jesus and said, "They're out of wine. You have to learn to follow the nudges of God." Let me just take it a little step step further. How many of you, when you get in, um, how many of you, when you get in traffic jams, come on, you get frustrated. Show of hands. How many of you say things when you get in traffic jams that you shouldn't say? I love we have an honest church. I'm not blessing you saying that. Don't say that. How many of you tell the people around you that, you know, they're number one? You know what I mean? Don't do that. Don't do that, church. Don't do that. Um, you ever think like this? Let me just step back and just kind of get you to think big picture stuff. Because I think like this. I, I do. I really do. You ever think that maybe when um, you're in a traffic jam, God could be having you in a traffic jam because God wants you to slow down and pray a little bit? You ever think... this? take it up to another step. You ever think that maybe when you're in a traffic jam or you hit a detour, who enjoys detours? No hands, right? You ever thought that maybe God has you in a traffic jam or a detour... Because if he didn't, five miles down the road, you might get in a crash that would wound you or kill you. You ever thought that maybe when you get sent somewhere that you don't want to go? For me, you've heard me say, my least favorite place on the planet is the Department of Motor Vehicle. That place is of the enemy. But guess what? When I go there and I wait and I wait, inevitably God puts me beside somebody that they need a smile or they need a conversation or they need an invitation to church. It's the little nudges, church. It's in the little nudges where if you will not get mad in your impatience, if you will follow the spirit when God tells you to say something to somebody or invite somebody or Bless somebody. It's in the nudges when God takes you off of your desired path. It's in those nudges where you will find the fertile soil for God to unleash miracles in your life. Learn to embrace and follow the nudges of God. Any of you know this guy? I know he's a controversial guy. Any any of you guys recognize this guy? Come on, let's keep it real. I'll admit it. I love Duck Dynasty. Anybody up in here like the show Duck Dynasty? Here's the deal. This guy, unbelievable family. Um, I love the way their show ends. In my humble opinion, and again, you can disagree if you want, but in my humble opinion, I believe America needs more of that. I don't know if you know this, but at the end of every single show, their whole family gathers around the table and they pray together. And it's not like put on, it's legit. This family is what you see, is what you get. And they've kind of rubbed some different groups the wrong way because they take a hard stand on the authority of Scripture and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But this is Phil Robinson. He is the patriarch of Duck Dynasty. Now what you might not know about Duck Dynasty is that Phil Robinson and his family, they live in Louisiana. And um, if they, they live in Louisiana, and they're duck hunters. And when Phil was a young man, he was duck hunting in a swamp, and uh, he was calling ducks. Now, I don't know if you know about calling ducks. But I am a duck hunter. I am a duck hunter. If you ask me what is your most favorite thing to do on the planet it is to duck hunt every year i take my boys down to arkansas we're in the standing timber and we get in the timber and we duck hunt i'm talking we have the boats we have the dogs we have the thermoses we go in at three o'clock in the morning to beat everybody into the hole and we duck hunt now i know some of you have no idea about duck hunting it does not be it's not good to be you i just want to let you know (laughs) Put your head down. They're coming in, they're coming in. That's the comeback call. That's when they're banking. Head down. Get your head down. Everybody at the campuses, get your head down. Get your That's the feeding call. That's the feeding call. Oh, they wanna away. To... I love me. Some duck hunting. to my story, Phil Robinson, Phil Robinson, <laughs> Phil Robinson is in the standing timber of the bayou, and he's duck hunting with a friend, and he's blowing ducks, and, and listen, nobody can blow like Phil Robinson, and he's blowing, and the ducks, when Phil Robinson would call, they would just, I mean, they just turn in the air, you, I mean, you gotta call ducks, bam, and they would come in on the decoys, and his buddy said, Phil, you're not calling those ducks. You're commanding those ducks. And in that moment, here's the story. Phil Robinson felt the nudge of God. And he went forth from that swamp that day. Started making duck calls. And has become, as a result of him following the little nudge of God. Has become a multi-millionaire Ten times over from following the nudge of God. Where's God nudging you? You and I have to learn to follow. And it is in those moments when I follow the nudges of God. I, I, I I go back 15 years ago when God nudged me to start this church. I was freaking out scared to death. But I did it, and then look what God has done through you and through me. And it's in those moments. Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about what, what have you missed out on in your life? I think about this kind of stuff. What have I missed out on in life because I have not followed the nudges of God? Oh. So learn to listen to the voice of God. Learn to follow And then learn to ask yourself this, do I believe, do I believe, how can I participate in the miracles of God? Hey, watch this church, maybe God's going to give you some miracles in this series, but maybe God is going to use you to participate in someone else's miracle. You have no idea what you can do with a smile, with a loving comment or compliment, the purchase of something for someone, the befriending of someone that no one else wants to befriend. Hey, let me just stop for a moment. You folks at all of our campuses, you guys brought people last week. We asked you to be a bringer. You brought people. Guess what? You were 355 people's miracle because you, come on now, you reached out and you brought people to church. Yeah, you should clap for that. 355 people crossed from death into life because of you. So where do you need to participate? Believe, participate. Here's the last one. I'm going to bring this up. Or the teachers are going to bring this up almost every single week. How can you ask God to illuminate your eyes so that you can actually recognize the miracles that are going on around you daily? Because I don't know if you're aware of this, miracles are everywhere. You might be so excited about this miracle, this series, because you think God's going to start unleashing miracles like He's never done before. Guess what, beloved? He's already doing it. Guess what? You are a miracle. You. Come on, all of our campuses. Look at your neighbor and say, "You're a miracle." Okay. Now look at the one beside you on the other side. That you don't think that that's much of a miracle because you didn't say it to them first. Look at them and say, "You're a miracle." Just the fact that God has put you on this planet. Hey, we are spinning around on a ball of dirt right now in a galaxy. And we're staying on it. I mean, we're spinning. It's a miracle. You are a miracle. And they're breaking out all over us. And here... As we wrap up today, read this with me. Ready, go. Let us consider how we may towards love and goodness. How we may what? How we may what? Spur. Here's my question to you. Where is God calling you to spur on your faith? Where is God calling you... Do you know what a spur is? A spur is nothing more than an apparatus through which God uses to bless and give forth anointing and miracle. Where is God calling you to participate and be someone else's miracle? Where is God calling you to believe Him for the impossible? Because our God is a God of the impossible. And with God, listen, everything is possible. God is the God of the impossible. And with Him, everything is what? Possible. And how can he give you the eyes to start recognizing? Here's what I want you to do this week. First one to go back if you can. I, I missed that. I went, went too fast. If you can go back. It's a big deal to you. It's a big deal to God. It's a big deal to you. It's a big deal to God. The miracles of God are what? Time delayed and require patience. Where is God calling you to desire his glory first Before you get the anointing of his miracles. Lock into God's timetable. What he wants to do with you. And miracles will start happening in your life. The miracles of God are often experienced after we do what? We follow the what? Follow the little nudges of God. And watch God. Start to do things that you only used to dream of. Let's pray together. God thank you. Thank you for your miracles. Thank you for this series. Thank you for this life that you have given us, God, where you are just bringing forth miracles every single day. God, thank you for this unbelievable congregation that has shown up today, God, to to know you, to love you, to experience you. God, may you move every single one of us into a place of more deeply desiring your glory. God, may we not... Go after miracles for the sake of miracles. May we go after you and your glory. And as a result, God, may you bring forth the anointing that only you can do. And may you put your super with our natural. And may we live lives that are supernatural before you, God, that do one thing and one thing only. May they give glory. Everybody say glory. Everybody say glory. May they give glory. To you and you alone. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this series. Thank you for this passage. May you ferment our faith, God. And in your due season. God, we're going to wait on you. In your due season. May you pop the cork of the anointing. And may it flow in and through this church. May you take our stuff, God. Our good stuff our bad stuff may you take our ruins (laughs) and may you make them glorious glorious before you may people look at the miracles in this church's life and may they point to you and you alone for you are a glorious God you are the defeater of death and as a result we are your Easter people we love you today Lord Jesus we bow before you We humble ourselves, do a great work in our lives, this we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, just stop by one of our campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopechurch.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org. And our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. Thanks for being a part of our church family, and we hope you'll join us next week.